This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Millian. And this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while hiring fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. What are we doing today? I think we are talking about a very pink, a very popular movie right now. Maybe. Barbie? Maybe? I feel like that's what we're doing today. But I feel like we're doing it in a very special way because we're doing it the Name Three Songs way, which is acknowledging that it's really important to deprogram ourselves in the patriarchy, which is the point of our podcast and also the point of the Barbie movie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe Greta Gerwig is a fan of our podcast. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Shocking. I mean, not really. It makes so much sense. But genuinely, I think that it was really interesting seeing the parallels between like what we like to focus on here and what they were focusing in on the Barbie movie and like what people were mad about about the Barbie movie and what I'm mad about about Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're having a pretty theoretical level conversation. So... It's not necessarily going to ruin anything for you if you haven't seen it already. I'm sure most of you have seen it. However, at the towards the end, we do just kind of go through some of our favorite moments of the movie and how it relates back to the conversation of feminism. So just throwing that out there, if you haven't seen the movie yet, but I do think most of you have, so this conversation will all make sense for you. Yeah, it's mostly focusing on kind of like the way in which people have reacted to the feminism 101 of the movie and the difference between like the media response and the online hive mind kind of response and conservative pundits thoughts and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to get a more of a Jenna Sarah silly goofy mood yelling about the Barbie movie, we did do a bonus episode on Patreon that's quite long. <laughs> quite in depth about all of our takeaways about the Barbie movie a hundred percent (laughs) spoilers throughout the whole entire discussion so if this episode isn't enough Barbie for y'all and you guys want to get in on all of our thoughts and feelings about the Barbie movie you can go over to patreon.com slash name three songs to get access to that as well as all of our other old episodes where we discuss all of our silly goofy thoughts about things but today is a big day when it comes to the importance, really, of Feminism 101. Because even though it feels like, yeah, duh, of course, there's a lot of people who just, like, don't get it. <laughs> and so, like... Yeah, there's a lot of people who have not enrolled in Feminism 101. And the Barbie movie maybe signed them up for it, so... Yeah, even unintentionally. Exactly. It's the Trojan horse. I say this in the episode. It's the Trojan horse. But... We will get there. We will get there in time. As always, timestamps on our Instagram stories. They will be on the highlights if you want to skip around. Before we get into all things Barbie, let us have a moment of fangirl nonsense. Sarah, would you like to take the floor? Obviously. And even though Love on Tour is over, I get to talk about Harry. So. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) You thought. Listeners, you thought. You thought we were saying. Actually, y'all probably had the same reaction as us this week, TBH. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, probably nobody had the same reaction as me, which is, I told you so. Let's hear it. <laughs> what the, about the, the tattoo? The, the hill I will die on is that Harry and Olivia 
were very much in love and very much real. And the reason why they broke up is because Harry is scared of his fans. Like, I genuinely think, like, not genuinely like him being scared. Like, I think that he was afraid for her safety and her kids' safety and was like, she has, like, this whole life. And I think that he didn't want to put her. I'm just Ken. Yeah. Well, no. But, like, (laughs) I just think that he, like, didn't want to put her in a... In a situation where her and her kids felt in danger in any way. Wow. Well, I mean, like, so there's rumors right now that he's dating Taylor Russell, who was in that, like, cannibal movie with Timothy Chalamet. And there's so many people on TikTok being like, I hope she's ready for, like, what's going to happen once this is confirmed and, like, all that stuff. Because people are, like, afraid Number one of Harry's fans being just mean to her, but also Harry's fans like being racist and crazy because she's like a black woman. So I just think it's so funny that Harry is like in his slutty little bathing suit on a yacht in Italy with his thighs out and a tattoo that says Olivia on it. And everybody was like, Harry never liked Olivia. It was all fake. It was all for PR. Like, no, absolutely. As I said countless times when we talked about Don't Worry Darling, Absolutely nothing about Harry and Olivia dating was good for that movie. Even if that movie had been absolutely perfect, like there had been no other drama other than Harry and Olivia dating very close to her split happening. If that was the only drama, that still would not have been good for the movie. I think Sarah has a future in brand management, celebrity brand (laughs) management. Because... What was that other relationship that you were like, oh, well, obviously Taylor Maddie, you were like, this isn't good for either of them. Why would they do this? Yeah. Yeah. You know too much. <laughs> I just like, I just think. Your sixth sense. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like when you're such a public person and I know that it's shitty, like not, I feel like we all know it's shitty. Like when you don't get to date the person that you like for like one reason or another of it's like, oh, like the person's yeah, not, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there are yeah. quote unquote real person reasons where like a relationship doesn't work out or like you could be, you could date, but it would be very much not the relationship either of you would really want it to be. Yeah, yeah. And so like the adult thing would be to not do it, but most people are just like, oh, like whatever, I'll just be in a situation for six months and then, yeah, you know, like ruin my life. Whereas like celebrities, it's a different outcome, it's a different situation where like the relationship itself might not be that bad, but like the negative effects that like a situationship has on a normal person, like a Taylor Maddie or Olivia Harry relationship can have on their career. Yeah, and so it's just it's the same thing in its own weird way and it's like just don't do it like there's other options imagine your situationship ruins your career as well as your mental health (laughs) like yeah yeah. like like, loses you all of your money and also your sanity like imagine losing both of them at once not worth it not worth it it. uh yeah so that's that's my hairy nonsense the pics are everywhere i'm gonna be completely honest with you i saw those photos and i was like maybe he is just ken like (laughs) he just he just i don't know i don't know how to explain it but he looks like a plastic doll it like made me so uncomfortable yeah like everyone's like this is so hot and i was like i don't need to see this i don't need to see this (laughs) i don't need it oh when his shorts were like so like when his shorts were like rolled up and you were just like i'm seeing too much yeah i need to see i'm like i don't need to see like where your leg goes into your body like i just don't need to know how that like no uh -uh. (laughs) speaking of people undressing on camera (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Harry's case, he was in a private setting, but paparazzi. Jungkook went on live stream fully in bed, fully not wearing a shirt. Ooh, scandal. <laughs> <laughs> in this man's ever unquenchable thirst to be super intimate with his fans. Other than that, Jungkook was being really cute this week for BBC Live Lounge. He sang Let There Be Love in the Live Lounge, which was really cute That's that cute. he did like uh, Oasis. And then he went back to Korea and he went on Inkigayo, which is one of the many weekly music competition shows mm-hmm. which of course he won and in performing the winner's performance at the end v from bts came out on stage and danced with him and was like really embarrassed and also cute about it and then ran away and hit his face and then jungkook also leaked that v has his album coming so much chaos in bts world i love that fangirl nonsense has just turned into sarah and jenna yell about harry and jungkook eventually we will move on maybe probably jungkook also like it's just so it's just so funny seeing the members like do solo promotions because like on Inky Gaio he, there's like an interview segment and Yeonjun from TXT is one of the the MCs and then there's two other people and Jungkook was just like in the corner like next to Yeonjun and like very far away from the other two MCs like being a shy boy and then you can see the camera he's like patting him on the back but it kind of looks like he's patting him on the butt and he honestly might be <laughs> of like and he used to say that Jungkook said that like that was one of his nervous things when he was nervous he would just go pat the members on the butt oh my god <laughs> and um yeah so just cute little interactions but also i put up some polls on our instagram last week on our instagram story and i thought they were really fun so i want to like do more polls and then like talk about them on the podcast so i was late to this but zayn's song obviously came out his single and i personally really liked it i really enjoyed the direction of the song however many people did not and i did not know (laughs) that i was in the unpopular category of this opinion but i put on our story how do you feel so 53 percent, the most said it's okay 28 percent said they're obsessed and 19 percent said not what they hoped for so for the most part people are indifferent to this yeah i think also just like the music video again being like Zane trying to prove to us that he makes out with girls is fucking weird. I'm like, you're 30 years old. Like, why? Why did I just watch you make that out? He makes out with fans. With this, yeah, this girl who like manifested you when she was 12 or something. Like, every aspect of this is weird. Yeah, I big agree. I also asked everyone what their song of the summer was and honestly i kind of want to do like a, a vote off poll to see like what people's most favorite songs are. Sarah said, "Miss You" by Louis Tomlinson. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> you also submitted the Fiona Boss song, which true. Many, many people, many people voted for Seven by Jungkook and Rush by Troy Sivan, which like, honestly, I feel like Rush is yeah. an incredible song and an mm-hmm. incredible summer song. Side note, I feel like even like, and maybe this makes more sense than I think it does of like, people are like, oh, the economy is bad. We might be in a recession. Like... Fashion is reflecting that. Fashion is being more utilitarian. Fashion is not being mm. overly flashy. But I feel like pop culture is. Like, yeah. Barbie Summer, Troye yeah. Sivan's Rush. Like, it is pop culture is being very escapism, which might be the trend of, like, economy bad equal pop culture need to be escapism. True. A couple people said I Can See You by Taylor Swift and also Electric Touch by Taylor Swift and not Fall Out Boy, but Patrick Stump. <laughs> Yeah, that was all. That was mostly the the submission. So I feel like I'm gonna do like a little poll, like brackets of 
songs of the summer because personally my other song of the summer is from new jeans which is a k-pop girl group because they are incredible and doing really unique things Mm. and then lastly the other poll that i put up which again is a week ago we are talking about barbie today a week ago so after just like the weekend of the barbie movie being out 64 percent of y'all had already seen it <laughs> and 26 percent were on the way asap and 10 percent voted no that you hadn't seen it yet but weren't on the way asap and i'm wondering what you're doing with your lives <laughs> i think maybe you just didn't understand like you didn't understand my <laughs> polling criteria <laughs> but everyone should have said going to see it asap <laughs> But with that, I'm going to hand over the floor to Sarah because we, of course, are talking about the Barbie movie today. So we did over on Patreon talk about our thoughts and personal feelings about the Barbie movie, like highs, lows, funny parts, all that fun stuff. But today we're talking about how the Barbie movie and Name Three Songs are trying to do the same thing (laughs) at the end of the day, which is make feminism something that is that is accessible and understandable to everybody and i feel like based off of the internet discourse that we have seen following a lot of people seeing the barbie movie was that there was a lot of frustration in the fact that it was such digestible 101 feminism and like something that i know that we talk a lot about here on the podcast is when you're on the internet you're so much in like your own echo chamber of thought and you're so much seeing other people that are coming from the same viewpoints and understanding as you of things. So like if you're on inter like if you're an intersectional feminist, you're going to be seeing like intersectional feminists like tweets and Instagram stories and TikTok videos and like all of that stuff. But there's like a huge part of the internet that isn't seeing that and isn't aware of that and like wasn't radicalized on Tumblr in like 2015. And it's been really interesting seeing the media like op-eds and reviews about the Barbie movie and that the two main focuses of the articles that we came across when we were looking to discuss like why it is important that the Barbie movie was feminism 101, feminism for dummies of a movie is that like the two main focuses of the articles are like, here's why Barbie resonates with women. And like, here's why Barbie actually is an anti-man. And so the two perspectives very much are kind of like, yeah, we are aware that the movie could have done more, but it is a Barbie movie. And then also like this Barbie movie was also maybe really helpful for men. Yeah. That was like my personal takeaway when I left as well. Because I feel like if the movie had been any farther into the realm of feminism, people would have been like picketing outside of it and freaking out. And I think it would have gone really, really poorly for Mattel and for fans and for people involved in the movie just because of like how many people don't understand that feminism means equality and doesn't mean that we actually want or expect the world to be barbie land i think also i'm just thinking about your sentiment about people rioting because we have a lot of like conservative talking heads like ben shapiro saying that like this movie is propaganda like this movie is trash yeah And, like, it's just interesting given the fact that it's such, like, feminism 101 or, like, feminism light is, like, to your point, if it had gone further, it would be weaponized even more so politically. Yes. Of, like, we're already, like, 
we talk about before we're having trans rights like stripped left and right women are being stripped of their bodily autonomy like the fact that this movie had a trans actress in like a very predominant role like there are aspects of like supporting marginalized communities without them having made the conversation about that i just think it's interesting given the political landscape of like them not trying to take it too far but also still getting across a pretty significant message because at the end of the day like the amount of people who are like barbie isn't what i thought it was going to be like barbie isn't fun and silly and also people being like barbie is anti-man it's like clearly that's an issue like clearly the discussion is that there's a lot of people who don't even understand feminism 101 and like are so programmed to the patriarchy that like they can't even see beyond that but the thing that i find interesting about your point about people because there was that one girl like on tiktok who very much looked like stereotypical barbie who made that video who was like barbie was supposed to be fun and silly and like it was not what i thought it was going to be she's like a week away from having a conversation with like the wrong person quote unquote to her the right person to us and her figuring out what the movie is and having an epiphany in her whole life changing And, like, this is a thing that I feel like a lot of people who practice, like, intersectional feminism and, like, were kind of annoyed that the film felt very, like, white feminist-y, even though I don't really think that it was. Like, I think that what they're not realizing is that this movie was for the brainwashed Barbies of the world. Like, it wasn't for us. Like, it was for the Barbies who have been brainwashed by the patriarchy and still haven't figured out that they need to be deprogrammed from it. And so that's why I was saying that it's kind of like, as I was watching this movie, it was like, wow, this is kind of like what we're trying to do with our podcast. We kind of talked about this on our Patreon episode, but it's a little bit like watching it felt kind of like, duh. Yeah. Like, duh, like, duh, America Ferrera is giving that speech. Like, duh, we have this conversation all the, all the time. And in that way, like, I think because of, like, our perspective and how much we've gone through, yeah. it can feel reductive. But then it's, like, something so plain and simple that we complain about all the time is being spelled out in mass media in a way that it hasn't really been before, where a large amount of people are going to consume it. And in that regard, it's something that we haven't had. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's just that thing where it's like there are unfortunately so many women in this world who like don't exist in in spaces where they're meeting people or being able to talk to people who are more like outwardly feminist and are more comfortable discussing these topics like they're just constantly around, you know, just very much like oh like this is what a woman's supposed to do a woman's place is at home like whatever the case is and so i'm sure at some point every woman has had the thoughts that america ferrera's character is like saying that you have you have to be pretty but you can't be too pretty like you can't be thin you have to be healthy but like you're really just trying to be thin and like you can't whatever like all of these things and i think that there was like at least one relatable point probably i mean definitely there should there should be more than one relatable point to what she was saying but i think at its base like there was at least one relatable point for every type of woman that could be in that barbie movie watching that speech and hearing that speech and hearing somebody in mainstream media like jenna said for the first time ever possibly relating to them of being like it's so hard to be a woman because you're not ever allowed to voice these frustrations and being like oh my god i feel like that and having that moment could start to like get some cogs spinning in people's brains that weren't spinning before and like maybe getting them googling something or buying a book that they wouldn't have bought before whatever the case is 
or being a woman in a space where you feel that way, but no one around you is having that conversation. So you didn't even know that it was something other people felt or you didn't even know that it was something you were allowed to say out loud. Yeah, 100 percent. Also, like part of America Ferrera's monologue ends in. And if all of that is also true just for a doll representing women, then I don't even know. It's like if all of this is true just for a Barbie who's just supposed to be a figure of our imaginations, then like how are women ever supposed to combat any of these things? Mm -hmm. Which I thought was really impactful in the movie. And America Ferreira told Los Angeles Times, there's no woman in my life who those words aren't true for. Not a single one. And when we hear the truth, it hits in a certain way and you can't unhear it, right? We also have an article in Refinery29 by Patricia Coronos titled Barbie is This Generation's Feminist Movie. And Patricia writes, ultimately, the film isn't revealing of anything new about feminism or suggesting solutions to big picture issues. In fact, I've joked multiple times since seeing the movie that some of the conversations contained within sound a lot like something I'd yell out over at the dinner table at a certain family member over the holidays, but that's what makes it fresh. And Patricia says, that is why it'll stand up as, say, this era is legally blonde or clueless. Barbie, better than any other movie in recent memory, captures exactly and authentically what it feels like to be a woman in 2023. We know the story of Barbie. We've lived the story of Barbie. To watch Barbie is to feel totally and completely seen. And that's what makes Barbie worthy of the wait. And I feel like that is really how the movie was. It was to feel totally and completely seen. I think it's valid when there are these women on TikTok being like, I wanted more out of this movie. Like I wanted more. I understand the want for it to be more of an intersectional feminist movie. I understand it. I mean, obviously, like we talk about this, like the whole fucking podcast, but like, obviously, I think it's like really important to be aware of like intersectional feminism and understand that like you can't fully be a feminist if you're not caring about minority women and like putting them ahead of you because again it's like that's a white woman's role is to understand that other women need help getting above and we need to use our privilege to help them but I think that like the fact of the matter is like in the Barbie movie the fact that Margot's Barbie like refers to herself as stereotypical Barbie and you have like that moment when like Sasha's like go white save your Barbie and Barbie's like I literally did nothing it was your mom and like there are these tiny moments that are acknowledging like yes we are all aware here that this is a feminism 101 movie and that the focus of this movie is stereotypical beautiful barbie and so i think that like there were enough nods at we're doing the best we can given the fact that we're using the name and brand of barbie to tell this story like just bear with us And I think that that understanding is so important to have of like, fortunately, I think especially like with the way America is right now as a country, we're having to take the babiest of baby steps to like get anything out there to be like, hey, we're doing this. But I mean, like rebellions start small, like they don't start huge. Like you have to start somewhere and to be able to give people such a clearly feminism 101 movie through the idea of Barbie to the point where people are going to go see this film and like leave annoyed about the fact that it was feminist and not silly goofy means that those people for once in their life maybe understand what feminism is. Yeah, it's kind of like the Trojan horse. 
Because this is the highest grossing movie, like, probably of the year. The numbers, the box office numbers are, like, insane, like, blown out of the water. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a movie that a lot of people weren't expecting to have this type of plot. And in that way, they're learning about feminism 101 without expecting it. But there was also an article in Vogue by Rianne Phillip called No Barbie Isn't a Feminist Manifesto and That's Okay, in which Rianne writes that we all start somewhere and perhaps a Mattel-sponsored Warner Bros-produced blockbuster was never going to be the site for radical critical thinking anyway. And then goes on to say... We often have trouble grappling with basic feminist concepts and maybe we should leave some of them for actual activist spaces. So I think that's kind of also it of it's like, this is clearly a very capitalist, very packaged, (laughs) pretty box like gift of a movie. Yeah. And it was maybe never going to be radical change. Like it was maybe always going to be swallowable, bite-sized feminism. Yeah. And I think if you think about I mean, we just spent last episode talking about fucking radical change when it comes to governments and LGBT rights. That was never going to happen coming from a giant corporation. But the fact that a giant corporation backed a movie about feminism in an era era where politically we are walking very backwards, I don't think it's insignificant. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And I think also it's like there were so many aspects of this movie that kind of like made things into a punchline when like they could have been deeper. And like the, the like the funny line of the movie where like when Ken's like, when I realized the patriarchy wasn't about horses, I wasn't interested anymore. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny, but it's also like, you know, it's like it's like these moments where they're kind of just like, oh, like maybe we got like a little bit too serious. We need to dial it back a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? And so I think there were multiple moments in the film where it kind of got like a little bit too close to feeling like they were actually teaching something and then they'd like make a joke about it, which I think is a little bit of also like what people were frustrated with is the fact that, like, it would feel like, oh, maybe we're going to, like, really get somewhere. And then it's like, oh, actually, never mind. But I think that the big, the really big deal about this, and I went into, like, great detail about, like, my theories about how this movie is actually secretly for, like, men on our Patreon episode where we're discussing the Barbie movie. But for me, the bigger takeaway was, was, like, okay, like, this is cool that, It's like, well, duh, feminism. But I think that the bigger deal of it was the fact that it did a really good job at showing that the patriarchy hurts men just as much as it hurts women. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And I know that that's technically still within the bubble of feminism, but I don't think that most men know that. And because they probably don't know that, I think that they were able to, that there's the possibility for men to come away with more because they're not leaving the movie thinking like, oh, I'm a feminist now. Uh Oh, they're leaving the movie being like, oh, the patriarchy is flawed. And they don't realize that that's them thinking about feminism because somebody at some point taught men that feminism means that women want to take away all their rights, which isn't what feminism is at all. Yeah. So in doing research for this, we were able to find a lot of articles that were like, Barbie is not anti-man. Yeah. Written largely by men in a variety of publications from USA Today, Grazia UK, and Men's Health. And it was kind of interesting seeing their perspective on it because, again, to us, it's like, duh. Like, it's like, duh. Like, of course, patriarchy is bad for everyone. But this is, again, something that, like, men aren't confronted by and also don't actively think about because why would they be bothered? So I think to Sarah's point is also something maybe even unexpected within this movie, even if you knew it was a bit of a feminist movie, not realizing how in the way that it's so simplified it's so easy to understand and see it so plainly in a way that I don't think men are often challenged to see it Mm -hmm. and so in this men's health article by Evan Romano titled Barbie has a lot to say about men but it's not anti-male Evan writes the problem here seems to be that a certain subset of Barbie's audience seems to be confusing growth with weakness and that's not anyone's intention Ken's arc isn't meant to take men broadly down a peg rather it's meant to mirror the path that many men go on when they themselves become cognizant of the idea of a male dominant society they become more aware of their surroundings go from naive innocence to thinking that they need to act a certain way or be interested in a certain thing because this is the way it is there are inherent expectations that a certain role needs to be fulfilled and this is kind of what we talked about with like men not being allowed to be in touch with their emotions or feeling like they have to project a certain way to like be seen by other men to be respected by other men or to gain attention from women and that's really what the barbie movie like kind of distilled and then ken comes to the realization that it doesn't have to be this way evan goes on to write even when the kens are in power of Barbie land, they still desperately want the approval of Barbies to the point where it essentially defines them. And in the end, when Barbie land is reinstated back into the way it was, Ken isn't any weaker or stronger than he was at the start of the movie. But one thing he is, is more of aware of the world around him, how he fits into it and how in the future he can fit into it. And that's something that doesn't hurt any man to think about. And I think that's the big thing of like so many critics and like so many conservative talking heads are like, this is anti-men because men equate like being aware of yourself as weakness. Yeah. Like in this movie, like literally he said, Ken isn't any weaker or stronger than he was in the end no he's just is like a little bit more self-actualized and he's like oh i could have more meaning than beach and like what that really translates to is like oh i can have more meaning than being a man really at the end of the day well, and also being the stereotype of what a man is and yeah. being a, living within the patriarchy of what a man is. Because it's like at the end of the day, if like men are gaslighting each other into like thinking that any other way of thought is weak, yeah. like they're weaponizing that in order to maintain control within the patriarchy. Like men are weaponizing this against each other. And I think that's what was kind of apparent in the bar. Again, sport. I mean, if you haven't already, if you've gotten this far, you, you've probably <laughs> seen it. But like spoilers, when they're having 
having the fight scene of like Barbie like pitting them against each other or whatever of like Barbie like going to the Simu Liu Ken and then Ryan Gosling Ken getting mad at him and being like we have to have a war also I side note I thought that was funny because it was like oh yes all men know how to do is war yeah but number two <laughs> but number two like they were literally fighting each other for something so stupid because it's like they put value and power in like the ownership slash attention of women yeah and it's like it doesn't have to be this way period it doesn't have to be this way and i think that's like in weaponizing this movie of saying it's anti-man saying it, it shows weakness it's just weaponizing all of this in order to maintain control within the patriarchy well, i mean like it's a thing where like when you come across like a man podcast they're literally just like saying things to say things and they're always just talking about being men and like and it's never their mojo dojo casa housing literally though like they're saying the same <laughs> things over and over again with different words and they're just using like buzzwordy things and they're changing their inflection and they're getting angry and then they're getting not angry and they're like like you said they're mojo dojo casa housing it meaning that they're just <laughs> saying the same thing in like different ways to make it sound like they're making a point and that's again like the point that i was making of like ken being like so I like Beach and Barbie's like, no, Ken, like you can like be more than that. Like you, you're yeah, not just Beach. Yeah. And it's like, OK, like to these men on their podcast and these men who are just like, oh, this is so anti-man. It's like all you think about is this like it's literally like conservative men have created their own glass box for themselves as to what men are in the same way the record industry has created a glass box for women pop stars that they put them in where they're like there's these are the four walls that you have to fit into to be a pop star and then like ben shapiro and like whoever else are like these are the four walls you have to fit into to be a man a manly manly right. man man right whatever exactly and it's like Okay, like, the, and that was the thing that was so interesting about, like, the Ken Ward dance number situation is, like, they kind of, in doing this, had their own realization of, like, oh, everything works better when we support each other rather than go against each other. And these conservative men are never supporting each other. They're, even when they're, like, friends or, like, quote-unquote, or, like, think that they're being supportive of each other, they're always just, like, there's only one alpha male. Like, whatever right. the case, you know? Like, right. it's always a competition. And we joke yeah. on our Patreon episode about how, like, since Barbie Land is backwards, the Kens are practicing an internalized misandry instead of the Barbies practicing <laughs> yeah. an internalized misogyny. And it's funny yeah. because, like, because it's true. Like, but it's, it's kind real. of real. Yeah. Yeah. We just, like, hadn't thought about it that way. Within the patriarchy, there has to be, like, what would you say, like, beta men or, like, omega men or whatever yeah. in order for there to also be an alpha man. And yeah. in that regard, it's, like, men's own misandry. Yeah. Somebody has to be at the bottom of the food chain, and they want to keep them down. Yeah. And it's just funny because, like, the men that the conservative men are saying are at the bottom of the food chain are actually the most appealing to normal people, usually, you know? Because it's like, oh, like, they have thoughts and feelings and, like, don't just care about, I don't know, protein shakes, whatever men like. <laughs> Horses and protein shakes. Horses. But... I just think that it's really intriguing that the people whose jobs it is to report on and critique and discuss pieces of media are all in the two camps of like, this movie is actually really helpful for men. 
And yes, this movie could have done more, but like, what were we expecting from a Barbie movie? This could maybe change a lot of people's lives in the grand scheme yeah. of things. And I think yeah. that that's really amazing. I think also just thinking about at least the things that I saw on TikTok of so many like femme presenting people being like, I feel so like, honestly, the just, I feel so seen yeah. thing yeah, of like not having a piece of mass media in years like that. I can, well, I don't know if you can think of anything, a piece of media this large and this like popular for the yeah. general public that like addresses these topics. Like the, the last thing that came to, I mean, obviously there's a lot of parallels here to like legally blonde, but that was the one that came to mind of like a lot of the like early two thousands also light feminism movies. But I think the fact that there were just so many people on TikTok feeling so like comforted by this movie, like says a lot. Yeah. And I think it was really incredible too, to see so many women from so many different backgrounds, all kind of, collectively having the same thing of being like yeah maybe it could have done more but it did a great job at what it was doing and i think yeah. like that was really nice to see that like while there are kind of like those deeper online thoughts about the whole thing of being like oh like this needed to be a, a more interest it's like okay the brats movie will probably be about intersectional feminism because that's what the brats are always doing they got a one-up barbie but i completely agree with you it has been like really nice to see just like so many women and like femme presenting people from so many different like racial backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds, whatever, like everybody coming together and being like, I think that this did a really good job at what it was trying to do. And I feel validated in my feelings by like hearing Barbie say this, because again, like another thing that we had like a longish, well, that I had a longish meltdown about on the, on our Patreon episode was about how like, I was really frustrated with like Sasha's whole thing about how like Barbie caused people to have like body issues and whatever, because I'm like, that's never been the case. Like the, that was just like never something that ever crossed my per my mind personally. And a lot of other people had that same thought on TikTok as well. And just kind of being like Barbie was always just like where I could go to like be in charge. And so I just think that that's kind of interesting, too, of like, I guess like at some point there's like probably a generation maybe that Barbie caused more issues for than others when Barbie started to get misrepresented or whatever. But I just thought it was funny where there was like so many women being like, <laughs> yeah, we all had a singular Ken and the Ken was maybe never a Ken. It was maybe like a, a random action hero doll or a superhero or a One Direction Barbie or whatever the case is and like that doll was unnecessary and useless because usually just all the girls were kissing anyway and i just thought it was so funny <laughs> i mean not to go on a rant about what we loved about the barbie movie but like for me personally one of the most impactful scenes was at the beginning when they're just in Barbie land and everything is like quote unquote perfect. And they're all like accepting their Nobel Peace Prizes and like talking about how they like made a piece of legislation or like ruled both by being healthily like in contact with their emotions and logic. Yeah. And it was just so like Barbie world was so devoid of like any form of like self doubt. Yeah. And it was so like shocking. It honestly was shocking for me to see. Like that's the part where I cried. It was like, Oh my God. Like imagine a world where women didn't constantly second guess themselves and like feel doubted. Like seeing that, like all of them just like being themselves, like so authentically without any 
any any hinge semblance of doubt yeah. was like very eye-opening for me and like that's how the film started yeah think that that part of the movie i think that it's not been discussed as much as i would like it to be because i do think that that's like such a big deal and like honestly just like such a good mindset to have just in general of being like yeah i deserve this it was just funny watching it because at first it it was like oh haha like oh yeah she was just like i deserve this i'm like oh that's funny but then they kept doing it i was like oh shit like no like this is a thing like yeah yeah i don't know it was just so it really it really stood out to me it's so rare to see that in any form of media representation or anything ever. Yeah. Just because we don't live in a world where that's physically possible. Yeah. No, I completely understand. And I think also like America Ferrer's monologue calls back to that thing too of like you can never be self-assured. Like you can never be proud of yourself really because it's like, oh, God forbid a woman's like, oh no, I deserve this. And I think it's just really funny and interesting. Just like personally, as I've gotten older and over the past three years that we've been doing this podcast I think I've gotten a lot more self-assured in myself just in regards to everything in my life and I've gotten a little bit better at like putting my foot down or just like being comfortable admitting what I want and what I think I deserve and so it was like watching us in the Barbie movie I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing this because I deserve this shit like it's stupid like it's just so it's so funny because I feel like a lot of women especially on like online have been like saying like oh like i'm gonna go around life in the mindset of a white man like i'm gonna do everything like that and i'm like i want to go around life in the mindset of the barbies before the ken before the kendom like i don't think like again like i don't think that barbie land was like a perfect utopia of a place because i think any place where there is a group of people who is like so useless and like unnecessary to the population (laughs) like that's never good but i think that there is a lot to learn from just like the self-assuredness of the barbies during that time and like even just taking a little bit of that into your real life i think could make life feel a little bit less hard for everybody right to what you just said i think that was point of the movie also because so many people were like this movie's anti-man and if like Ken hadn't gone through all of the realizations and at the end being like, you are enough. Yeah. Then it would have been anti-man of at the beginning, Ken just being a simp and like never having any autonomy and never like doing anything and kind of just being like a, like a useless side character. That would have been anti-man. Yeah. But the entire thing was about Ken, like learning and discovering himself and finding his value in society. And also the Barbies being like, yeah, you know, life, we don't want to go back to the way things were because that's like, we're happy that we've learned and we, grown from this and i'm like can you imagine a man ever saying that not really no they'd be like yeah we want to go back to 100 percent the patriarchy and the barbies are like okay like you can't be on the supreme court but like we'll give you some more autonomy and like let you make some choices or whatever like maybe one of you can have a house but yeah i think like at the end of the day really it's like being comfortable in acknowledging the fact that it's like yeah most of the world does just need feminism in bite-sized pieces most of them yeah. need it in the most bare bones kind of way to maybe start to think a little bit differently. And I think that this is like a really nice opening of a door for a lot of women that it'll be interesting to see how this like maybe affects people going forward because I think it really can. Yeah. I think it really can. And I'm not just saying that, like I genuinely believe that it could make 
at least somewhat of a difference for a good amount of people. Well, I also think it's going to be a movie of the generation. Yes. Like, this is going to be illegally, like, that that article said, illegally blonde, where it's remembered forever. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be talked about and studied for years to come, and I'm excited to see where that goes. So if you guys have any thoughts or feelings about the Barbie movie and want to talk about it with us, we would absolutely love to. I've already seen it twice. I'm sure Jenna's going to go see it again. I'm probably going to go see it again. Let's be completely honest. Got to utilize my AMC premiere card. I can see three movies a week. They can be the same three movies. I can see Barbie three times (laughs) next week if I wanted to. Um, Yeah, so you can come hit us up on social. We are at Name Three Songs on all platforms to share any of your thoughts or feelings with us. And if you have any personal beef or grievances or love you would like to give either Jenna or myself, you can find us on social. I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna is at Jenna underscore Million. So thanks for joining us this week on Name Three Songs. And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. Remember, you're never too cool to listen to Junko. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we reference in this episode, you can visit name3songs.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.